Welcome to the Growing Vegetables Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Diana. I want to show you how it's possible to have your very own vegetable garden at home, even if you are working and a busy mum like I am. Join me as I show you how you can have a simple, satisfying and sustainable vegetable garden. But before we get started, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple and love what you hear, I would really, really appreciate it if you left me a five-star review and comment. So let's dive in to today's topic. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about magnesium and how essential magnesium is for humans, how essential magnesium is for plants and how if you're not making effort to ensure there is enough magnesium in your soil, then you're not going to be getting enough magnesium for those plants to really thrive. And you as the person eating the plants is not going to be able to get all the benefits that those plants could be providing you. So magnesium is needed by humans for apparently more than 300 biochemical reactions in our bodies. Now, it is the main nutrient that is responsible for nerve and muscle function. It also has a purpose in supporting our healthy immune systems. It keeps our heartbeat steady and it helps keep our bones healthy and strong. It also has a role in managing our blood glucose levels. So for people, magnesium is a really important nutrient and we get magnesium from our food. Now we get it from a lot of sources, not just vegetables. Uh, Another vegetarian source would be nuts and seeds, Uh, but we do get it from, like I said, a lot of sources. But for gardening purposes, the two main plant groups that we get magnesium from are legumes and leafy green vegetables. So it's very important when you are growing these two crops that you're ensuring there is enough magnesium in the soil for those plants to be absorbing the right level of nutrients so that you can get the benefits from those plants. Now, it's not just your legumes and your leafy greens that need magnesium. I'm just saying that as a human, those are the two vegetables from which we get our most magnesium from. But in fact, all plants actually need magnesium. Magnesium is actually essential for the process of photosynthesis. So it's what gives your plants its green color. Without magnesium, it's not possible for the chlorophyll in the leaves of the plants to capture the sun's energy, which is then needed for photosynthesis. Just as a side note, I'm not sure if you can hear that interference. That is my cat who keeps rubbing up against the microphone. So just letting you all know that Monty's here today and wanting to say hello to everyone and apologies in advance for all the rubbing on the microphone. Anyway, back to magnesium. So like I said, magnesium is essential for photosynthesis. It gives plants its green color. So without magnesium, all plants are going to suffer. So all the vegetables in your garden are going to suffer if there is not adequate levels of magnesium in the soil. 
But also remember that as a human, we really want to ensure that certain crops have got ample uh, access to magnesium in the soil, which is including our legumes and our leafy greens, because we as humans rely on those crops to get a sufficient level of magnesium for those essential functions. Remember, it was over 300 biochemical reactions in the body that we need magnesium for. So it's also important to remember that it's not just having adequate levels of magnesium in the soil that is necessary. You also need adequate levels of water in order to ensure that the plant is able to actually absorb the magnesium because that is how a plant gets nutrients out of the soil. It is absorbing the nutrient into the water and absorbing that through its roots and up through the plant. So ensuring that your plants have an adequate level of watering is important, but that's not just adequate. It also involves having a watering, a watering system that is consistent because if you water very heavily at one time and then that watering slows down, the plant had a lot of access to nutrients and then suddenly doesn't. So consistent watering is essential and lack of consistent watering is why we do actually see some diseases in crops. For example, blossom rot in tomatoes or in zucchinis. Um, that actually comes from a lack of calcium and it's not always that there's not enough calcium in the soil, it's that the plant doesn't have enough water to actually absorb the calcium and transport that through the roots and into the plant. So it is a two-part process. It's making sure there is enough magnesium in your soil, but it's also making sure that your watering system is regular and sufficient. Now, flipping to the other end of the scale, heavy rains or excessive watering can also cause problems. And that's because the magnesium can run off or it can leach through the soil. Um, if you've got sandy or acidic soils, then the magnesium is gonna run through those soils and run away. So if you've had really heavy rains, this is another time to be ensuring that you're replenishing those nutrients in your garden. And that's the full spectrum of nutrients, not just magnesium. Um, but magnesium is one that does run off easily. So if you've also been going a little bit heavy hand with the watering, maybe you've realized that you've been overwatering. Again, this is a red flag, a reminder to ensure that you are replacing these nutrients in your soil. The other occasion when magnesium can actually struggle to be absorbed by plants is when your soil has really high levels of potassium because the plant may absorb the potassium instead of absorbing the magnesium and this can lead to a deficiency. High levels of potassium can occur when you have deliberately fertilized with high levels of potassium or you've used a compost say that has a lot of potassium in it. Say you love bananas and this particular compost batch had a lot of bananas. And in addition to that, perhaps you've got a plant growing in that area that doesn't have high potassium needs. So potassium is the uh, nutrients that give the plant the energy to flower and fruit. So if you're growing a pumpkin or a tomato, then its potassium needs are going to be a lot higher than a lettuce. So you might have high potassium levels in the soil because you're growing kale or lettuce and it's simply not taking up that potassium because it's not a plant that needs a lot because it doesn't flower or fruit until it's going to seed. And so you find that you've got high levels of potassium and perhaps that potassium is inhibiting the uptake of magnesium, which your kale and lettuces really need 
because they are obviously very green and they are plants that we get our most they are plants that we get the most magnesium from from a vegetarian sense so now you get a bit of an idea on why magnesium is so important for humans why magnesium is so important for plants and why you really need to be focusing on ensuring that your garden has sufficient levels of magnesium let's talk about how to identify a magnesium deficiency now obviously we do not want it to get to the point where your plant is deficient however it is very easy to recognize a magnesium deficiency this is because firstly the leaves start to yellow and that yellowing starts in the older leaves because the plant will draw magnesium from the older leaves and send it to the new growth However, magnesium deficiency shows up in a very unique way. And that is that the picture a tomato leaf as an example, the magnesium is drawn from the outside of the leaf in. So you will see yellow lines start around the perimeter of the leaf. And gradually that yellow line is going to get thicker and thicker and thicker and thicker and thicker until you're left with a yellow leaf with a green vein. So if you, for example, walk past your tomato plants and you notice that those older leaves, the lower leaves are looking a bit yellow and you take a closer look and you see that the yellowing is starting on the outside of the leaf and working its way in, then that is a red flag that there's a magnesium issue with those plants. And don't worry because it is a really easy fix, but that is the simplest way to identify magnesium deficiency. I know that it is hard because older leaves go yellow when they're naturally dying off. But like I said, you're looking for older leaves that have that yellow line starting on the outside of the leaf and slowly moving its way in. Whereas a leaf that is dying, the whole leaf will start to yellow and brown simultaneously. So moving on to how to prevent and manage magnesium deficiencies. If you apply compost and this is good organic healthy compost if you've made it yourself at home that's even better because you know exactly what's in it then and you're adding that to your soil regularly then that is going to have sufficient levels of magnesium in the soil in order to feed your plants and this is because remember magnesium is the green in leaves so you're putting leafy greens into your compost that decomposes turns into a lovely soil and you put that onto your garden that is going to be really nutritious compost with lots of magnesium in it now you don't always have to dig compost into the soil you can actually use compost like a mulch and sprinkle it on top of the soil and if you do a top-down watering method which is when you water your plants from the top and that trickles down to the roots then the compost is going to get wet when you're watering it and that water is going to carry the nutrients down into the soil and feed your plants so it is actually a great way to keep the nutrient level in your soils up I use wicking beds so I would be watering my garden in a bottom-up method because the water is in the reservoir at the base of the bed and the soil uh, wicks that water up and the roots gather it so when I fill my wicking beds I always make sure that the compost is really heavy in the lower layers so that those nutrients are being carried up to the roots now if you have wicking beds there's nothing stopping you from using compost like a mulch and letting the occasions when the rain is doing a top-down watering for you carry the nutrients down 
Of course, you can also top down water in a wicking bed. There's nothing stopping you doing that. So that is another way that you could, of course, um, ensure that your plants are getting that regular uh, increase of nutrients through compost. In addition to that, every time there's a change of season and I'm adding more plants to my garden, I would be digging in more compost. And that is just, like I said, a great way to add organic matter and improve your microbiome and increase the nutrient level in your soil. Now, a quick fix would be using lime or using Epsom salts. Now, we'll talk about lime first. So lime, then the two types of lime, and we're talking about limestone here that you would be using, would be calicidic limestone or dolomite limestone. So both of these are available at nurseries. I have personally bought dolomite lime before. It's very easy to find uh, in the fertilizer aisle at any of the local nurseries. Now, lime actually raises the pH of your soil. So it's absolutely essential that you test your pH and ensure that you actually want that pH level to be raised. Because if you've got a neutral pH of seven, you do not want to be using lime because that is going to be taking your pH level up higher into the alkaline end of the scale. Most vegetables like a garden of around seven and some of them like it quite acidic, like blueberries, even tomatoes are down lower at the end of the scale around the fives and the sixes. So lime is something that you're probably not going to use that often because it's actually not that often you're wanting to increase the pH in your soil. However, every garden is different and every garden mix that you might have put into your garden is different. So regularly pH testing your soil before you're improving it um, at the turn of each season is a great idea. But you're not going to want to be using lime unless you want the pH to be going up. But if you do want your pH increase, lime is a great way to do it because you are adding all that extra boost of magnesium into the soil. Now, the easiest way, apart from lime, to do it is Epsom salts. Epsom salts are available at the supermarket as well as being available at nurseries. And of course, you can even get them at Costco in large bags. Epsom salts are very commonly used in baths for people to help achy muscles. So it's something that's very handy around the house. And it is a great way of raising magnesium levels in your soil. You can apply the Epsom salt mix to the leaves or you can apply it to the roots. There is a little bit of contradiction online about whether or not magnesium can be absorbed through the leaves. Uh, but the consensus seems to be that it can. And I personally don't have enough knowledge of the, um, the way that these plants absorb nutrients to tell you whether or not magnesium can be absorbed through the leaves or the soil. But when I'm applying Epsom salts to my garden, I put it into a watering can and I pour it over the leaves and onto the soil. So I guess I am hedging my bets. And if it can't be absorbed through the leaves, that's going to drip down onto the soil. Now, the Epsom salts mix is two tablespoons of Epsom salts to four liters of water. And you would be doing this once a month. And to help remind you, from now on, I am actually going to be initiating Salt Sundays. So if you follow me on social media, you can get the reminders once a month on a Sunday to add Epsom salts to your garden. So if you've been following me for a while, you would know that we have Seaweed Saturdays. 
we have fish Fridays and we have milk Mondays and now we're going to have salt Sundays. So there really is um, no excuse for ensuring that your garden is going to be getting all the nutrients that it needs in a natural and organic way because I am here to give you all those reminders. So I recommend that you follow me on Facebook at Growing Vegetables Down Under or on Instagram at Growing Vegetables Down Under, whatever is your preferred platform. And uh, you'll get those reminders coming up. So Salt Sundays will be once a month. If you aren't aware, Seaweed Saturday is also once a month. And Fish Fridays are once a month. But those two alternate fortnightly. So you're applying either a seaweed concentrate or a fish emulsion to your garden once a fortnight. And then the last one is Milk Mondays. Milk is a great antifungal treatment. It is better as a prevention rather than a cure, but it is great at combating powdery mildew. So I haven't had a problem with powdery mildew this year in my garden, and that is because I have been spraying milk on my garden on the leaves of the plants every Monday. So Milk Monday is another great reminder. And I will be, as I said, posting those on the social media platforms to give you a friendly reminder to keep those nutrients up. And I think you'll all be surprised at how quickly Salt Sundays will come around. Um, every four weeks, I think we'll be coming around quite quickly. And thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you've learned a little bit about magnesium and I hope I have managed to impress upon you the importance of ensuring that you have adequate magnesium levels in your soil. Have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Growing Vegetables Down Under. On Facebook, we also have the Growing Vegetables Down Under community, which is a group where you can share your successes or possibly your failures and ask for help. I would love to see you in that group and I am able to provide any advice you'd like on that platform. If you have any comments or suggestions about other topics you'd like me to cover, just leave them in the comments below or send me a DM. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Happy gardening!